We are here a little over a week, or no, I'm sorry, uh, not quite a week after the 4th of July. <laughs> we And at this point we are well into the month of July, which means before you know it, it's going to be August and September and all that good stuff. And it is really hot out here right now. <laughs> I'm in the car right now, but uh, I've been having to, you know, go out earlier or cut my morning walk a little short because just of the humidity and all that stuff around here. So I, I do not, you know, care for the, the worst of summer weather. I like spring and fall temperature-wise. So, yeah, you can keep this 90 degree stuff for real. No thanks. But anyhow, hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend. They were shooting off the damn fireworks around here. Even though there wasn't a fireworks display this year, there were people shooting off fireworks. You know, both on July 4th and July 5th. And hopefully they're finished. Well, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, they will have finished. Because... They're annoying as hell. If I mean, look, fireworks one of those things where if you're not shooting them off and you're not in the audience, like watching them or whatever, then they're annoying as hell. I know a lot of people have like pets and stuff, hate fireworks. Fireworks, you know, just disturb the hell out of them. And uh, it's just, it's no thanks. And you know. That goes for, you know, pyro going off when I'm, when you're inside like a arena or something, dude, I, you know, I, I made the mistake one time uh, going to a WWE pay-per-view show and getting seats like right near where the pyro gets set off and, you know, I'd forgotten that about it and when the show opened up, it was like, boom! Yeah, that, that'll, that'll change the whole way you look at doing that kind, you know, <laughs> doing that kind of thing. 
So now, you know what? Um, yeah, no thanks on fireworks. Yeah, maybe one day when we're able to, again, I'll go to a fireworks display. But not right now. <laughs> no, sir. No, ma'am. Not right now. Not happening. You can cancel that. And look, when I lived in Baltimore, uh, you know, some people shot off fireworks all through June. Some people were firing guns in the air. And, you know, and I lived there long enough and heard, the, you know, the two things different enough to, at one point, I could tell the difference. Um, probably not now. Been a while. But anyway, you know, speaking of the 4th of July, hey, I'm, well, a little later, I'm going to get a little deep on that subject because... Yeah, I noticed just on my Twitter feed there was a lot of, shall we say, counter-enthusiasm <laughs> about the holiday. Uh, you know, so I'll, that deserves a few minutes of me pontificating. So I will do that later on. And you probably recognized the musical guest for this week. That was the Wu-Tang Clan. And uh, I chose them, well, just another New York rap group that was, you know, that blew up during the 1990s. And does not get talked about a whole lot today. So they're kind of right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> and the members are all in that same age group as people like LL and... You know, Big Daddy Kane, you know, they're all in that kind of 50-year-old range. Or, you know, give or take a few. Even, you know, well, not, they're all approaching 50 or at 50, or, you know, in that age range. And, you know, today, you would just have no idea how big of a deal they were back then. Both as a group and, you know, the separate members, like Method Man and Raekwon, Ghostface, ODB, and uh, just a little tidbit of information. Uh, well, my my favorite member of the group at the time, when they were when they were you know big deal, was Jizza uh, Genius, and that is who I ultimately took my little nickname from. So he's Rob the Genius is not because I think I'm smarter than everybody. Although, well, I am smarter than some people, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I was in college at the time, you know. They were like everybody's favorite group at, for for a bit. And he was my favorite member. So, you know, this was around the time we, that people, or students, first started getting, you know, their own email accounts. And people were picking, you know email tags and you know nicknames and stuff and I picked the genius for mine and I just hung on to it and I never bothered to get rid of it as a email tag name so what happens when you when you don't when you when you never bother to get rid of it as a tag name you end up 46 years old and referring to yourself as the genius 
So, I mean, hey. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, I've, I've come to, you know, enjoy the little nickname now, so it's cool. But again, it's not because I'm smarter than everybody. Uh, I'm smarter than some people, obviously. But, you know. It's not that I'm so smart, it's just some people are really stupid. <laughs> you know, so... I'm smarter by comparison, you know, but, uh, anyhow, so this week, we got music from the Wu-Tang Clan, we have a few words for me on the old 4th of July, I'm gonna go long on the, you know, pending name change for the Washington Redskins football team, and that's gonna be a kind of a long topic for this week. And today's Monday while I'm recording the intro here, so whatever else pops up between now and the time you started listening to this will be on the list for the show. So hope you enjoy, and here's some more Wu-Tang Clan, and then we will get the party started. Smash your phonograph in half and be the inspector jack on the warpath. First class, leaving mites with a cast, causing ruckus like the aftermath on guns blast. Run fast, here comes the verbal assaulter. Rhymes running wild like a child in a walker. I scored from the inner slums abroad, and my thoughts are ready to start. I slice the mic from the court. First criticize, but now they have become mentally paralyzed with hits that I devise. Now I testify, the best is I, rebel lion, that's your highness. Blessed to electrify, revoke each other ill. Truth that I reveal across the amateurs who scream, they keep it real. Teaser black down, hoodied up in fatigue. Part time minor leagues receive third degrees. Attack like a wolf pack. Once I pull back, the guard you and bust do like a fullback. Yo, you 14 karat gold slump, computer wizard. Tapping inside, my rap pain causes blizzards. Do I like the kills for ice tripe like by the digits? Gorillas injected with straight for 80 midgets. The earth spins, ruins, rap exotic blends. Let my peeps in, niggas gasping, swallowing aspirins. What a doses, you overdosed it, rap high explosives. My posters hypnotized with hypnosis. I sell goods, my whole clan is on the run like natural born killers. Record breaking the album thriller. Let access to tear gas bombs and rocket launchers. Flow like dope killer bees is what I sponsor. Your entrepreneur pens and gear like Shakespeare. When I fuck, I grab him, collect drawers and souvenirs. Fuck yeah, my cool down German bears. My career is based on guns, throwing cats and wheelchairs, etc. Damn it, any lame ass competitor who try to run, get broken and fast like levers. Whatever hard, hard heads get shattered like mirrors. Beretta shots splatter your goose, scatter your feathers. Say never poetry, chump crumbs deal with grafting. Blew my family overseas, a maxing. If rap was cracked, fully packed, I'd be tall cats, taxing kingpin of the rap duck trafficking. Village niggas get slapped in Manhattan for rapping. Big ghost steps off laughing. Huh. When are you just using the Wu Tang school method against me? I've read so many styles. Alright, we're back. And I'm gonna lead off with a little uh, mascot mania here. <laughs> um this actually just missed the cut for last week's episode. But it looks like the Washington Redskins are not going to be the Washington Redskins much longer. 
I came out like, I think it was like Thursday of last week that CEO of FedEx, who is like, like the primary sponsor of the Redskins and their name is on the stadium where the Redskins play. You know, CEO sent a letter to the Redskins owner, Dan Snyder, with a big statement saying, okay, um, yeah, it's a uh, time to change the name there, Dan. <laughs> and as <clears throat> next day, you know, Friday, things are starting to pick up and snowball. And by, you know, by midday Friday of last week, I mean, there were, you know, like Stephen A. Smith and other some other folks in the sports media who were out here saying that, excuse me, <laughs> sorry about that, no. <clears throat> that there's a strong possibility that the name might get changed before the 2020 season starts. Now, if that's true, then that means that, you know, we're getting a little, you know, theater here, basically. Um, because no nothing happens. Uh, Nike took all Redskins stuff off of their online store. So now if it turns out that the, you know, reporting that Schefter and Stephen A. Smith, some other guys doing, if that reporting turns out to be true, then that means, yeah, well, like I said, we got a little theater going on here. And that... <clears throat> now Fred Smith, the CEO of FedEx and Nike and all of these folks are and Dan Snyder also are basically engaging in a big elaborate work here. I mean to coin it to, to use a wrestling term. And other you know the Redskins has put out a statement saying that they were doing a you know just a thorough review, which I mean that sounds like corporate, you know, gobbledygook. But compared to previous statements, and particularly Dan Snyder, I mean, one time you know, he was quoted, you know, on camera saying, "We'll never change it," and you can print that in all caps. You know, I mean, that used to be his. That has always been his take. So for them to you know take a stark contrast, even if it is you know corporate, you know, gobbledygook, you know, word salad kind of stuff. Um, that change in tone suggests that yes, it's happening. Okay, Dan Snyder has never been even you know, a little bit conciliatory about the name and changing the name. So for them to move like they have and this rapidly suggests that the decision's already been made. And maybe the question is just what to change it to. So they're probably going to, you know, they're going to workshop that publicly. But <clears throat> I can almost guarantee you, based on just what we've heard so far, that they've already decided to change it. Um, they've probably already got schematics and whatever for, you know, jackets, hats, shirts, whatever. And it's just a matter of settling on a new name. I imagine that they're probably going to keep the color scheme also burgundy and gold. I know some people have suggested just, you know, tear it all down and start over, but as rapidly as this is moving, then 
you know, I'm thinking that the only thing that's actually going to change is the name. They're not going to change the colors and all of that. Because it's, it's moving. I mean, if they're going to be ready for 2020. And, and look, they wouldn't put this stuff out there now. And then take a whole another year to actually change the name. All right, it's July. <clears throat> Training camp starting soon. And you know, presuming that we're still going to have a season. And you know, I believe that until they come out and say, no, we're not, then I fully believe that the NFL is going to, you know, they're going to run through every barrier, every barricade, every obstacle. They're going to just, you know, run through them all to start, to make, to get a season started. So you wouldn't move to the degree that they have and you know this at this point and then just to drag it out a whole another year all right they're going to have this thing settled and the new name chosen and all of that so that you can buy new merch you know when the season starts because here's the thing all right if <coughs> If they drag their feet another year, then that's a year of lost merchandise revenue because all you can do is you, know, you can sell what remaining Redskins stuff you have. And then once that, and then look, you can sell it like a huge markup because it's, you know, the last of it. But, you know, after that, <clears throat> have to sit the whole year not selling anything. Uh, or even in, well, okay. I know they don't. They don't have to actually sit and do nothing for a year, but you know you're, you're losing this season to sell new stuff, and then you know when the most attention is being paid during the season. So they're not. They're not going to forfeit. You know, September through December of 2020. As a period where they could be selling new stuff, right? Because let's say they make they make the if they make the decision, say okay, 2021, new name, you know, new everything. But then you know we're going to play 2020 as the Redskins. Well, okay, once you sell out of whatever you have left, then until you get new stuff approved and all of that, then you're kind of dead in the water. And I don't think they're going to want, you know, just from a kind of a synergy standpoint or whatever, I don't think the NFL is going to want them selling new name, you know, possibly new color scheme and all during the 2020 season while they're still playing as the Redskins. I don't think, you know, no, I think that's messy. I don't think the league is going to want that. So they're not going to miss the, you know, the opportunity to both you know, sell out of whatever they have left, Redskin stuff they have left, and start selling new stuff. So it's coming, and 
I do think it's going to be here before the, the 2020 season starts. Yeah, look, you know, this is totally about business. This is not about you know, social movement at all. All right, what's happened here is Nike in particular has always been very astute about seeing the social winds changing and getting on board before you know the train already left the station. You know, FedEx, maybe not so much, but you know, look, somebody got the Fred Smith and convinced him this was the way to go. Because, I mean, look, FedEx has been there as the principal sponsor and been paying naming rights to FedEx Field for years now. If they really had a problem with the name, they had plenty of time to say something. So, they see the wave that's coming, or the wave that's here right now. You know, Nike, like I said, has always been on top of, you know, seeing when the wave was coming. So that's what we're looking at. So it's good bit right now. It is bad business to be, you know, associated, affiliated, or whatever with anything that can be taken as, you know, just being racist. It is bad business right now, and Nike in particular, again, like I said, they, you know, they they see the, st the winds blowing differently. They're getting out ahead of it, and you know, apparently somebody has convinced FedEx that you know, for future generations of potential customers or whatever, are not going to be down with the name Redskins. So they're jumping on this now, and like, I mean, there have been activists out there, you know, fighting this fight for some time now. And now they finally seem to have the wind at their back. And Nike you know, took advantage of it. Well, FedEx has gotten hip to it. So now they're, you know, they're putting pressure on Snyder. And Snyder, who's been adamant about never changing the name ever, is getting squeezed. And for the first time, he looks like he's going to you know, give in. So, yes, I think the name is going to be changing really soon. And... You know, I'm, I don't think there's anything, you know, particularly noble, noble about it here, but it's going to happen, and like I said, expect sooner rather than later, because, you know, there's, there's three months of selling new stuff they want to take advantage of, and that's, look, that is cynical, cold-hearted capitalism, but, I mean, let's not pretend that we're dealing with anything other than that. I mean, seriously. We'll see what happens. It's a developing story, and we'll see if I'm right with my prediction or not. Um, right now, uh, I'm also going to predict that <laughs> it's time to take a break. And after the music, I will go a little further on this and kind of talk about, you know, the name itself and the history and all of that kind of thing. So, be right back with more on this. 
Alright, so uh, continuing on with this, uh, you know, name thing. Well, uh, it's, it's really just kind of interesting how business picked up on that end, you know, in the past 10 years. Because let me tell you, alright, I mean, through the whole 80s and 90s, um, you hardly heard anything about it. I mean, it, it, there just wasn't a whole lot of talk about the name Redskins being offensive or racist or anything like that, right? And now, look, it probably depended on what circles you traveled in. But for the most part, yeah, I can tell you, I, I can't remember there ever being any real serious conversation or discussion about it one way or the other you know and um to be honest we didn't care nobody cared except for the people who were offended by it but they didn't have a voice they didn't have any way to you know, amplify their concerns. <clears throat> so it was out of sight, out of mind. And look, this is on all of us who did just didn't think about it, right? I mean, we just didn't. No defense, you know, no excuses, no defense, no nothing. We just did not think about it. We did not care. And I'm including myself in that. And, you know, you can say, well, Robert, you were a kid during the 80s. Well, okay, but, you know what, uh, I started watching football when I was eight years old. And when I was eight, year old, when I was eight years old, I knew nigger was a racial slur. Okay. I mean, so, It's not like I couldn't have learned that Redskins was. Or it's not like I couldn't have figured it out that Redskin was. So, you know what? That's on me. I will take my share of the blame for that. For sticking my head in the sand and not bothering to put two and two together when it was right there. But, you know, you fast forward 20 years and you know, the 2000s is when it really started to, you know, get some traction as far as people speaking out about it. And then the past 10 years, the 2010s is when, it, when it, you know, you really started to see some real noise about changing the name. <coughs> and course there's been a debate over it and which should not have happened but it did and then you have you know Dan Snyder the owner of the team who you know engineered a kind of a, basically a kind of PR propaganda campaign to try to convince everybody that the name Redskin was actually good that it was actually 
some type of honorarium, some type of tribute or something, and you know, they and he even you know threw some money at some of the Native American tribal organizations to you know agree with him. And I, look, I will not begrudge them for taking the money. I mean, unfortunately, uh, look, a lot of you know Native American communities are in pretty bad shape. They have long they have long been you know neglected and mistreated by the rest of us, and so. I will not begrudge anyone who was in any type of real dire straits for for taking the check. Okay, it's all, I mean we have not done our part as their countrymen in helping them have you know living conditions that would not make that an option or make that a necessary option. So I don't begrudge them for doing it. And, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, you, you know, they're, you know, look, if you see them on TV taking Dan Snyder's side, you know, they're, they're getting paid and, and, you know, there's a good chance that their circumstances in life have put them in a position where taking the check is a really good idea. So... Now, if you consider yourself to be a smart person, then you can, you can say, okay, they, they're doing what they got to do, and you know, I'm not going to fight with them in particular as individuals, but I do know that there are plenty of other voices from the same communities that are saying the opposite, and they're being sincere. So look, in 2020, there's no excuse, right? I mean, in 2020, the only reason to, to get out here on a soapbox and say they should keep the name is the only reason, the only defense people have is that, well, that's what we've always, it's been that way forever. You know, why, why do we need to give in to the PC mob? I mean... You know, a lot of things were around a long time that should not have been. Okay, and we got rid of those. So it doesn't mean we can't get rid of this. Particularly this. It's the name of a football team. Okay. It's really not that important of a thing where we need to name it where we need to insist that, you know, a racist name be kept in place, okay? And if you're going to say, well, no, it's not racist, what are you talking about? Look, if they were the, if they were the Washington darkies, I guarantee you we would not stand for that. All right? If... Or if 
you know, you pick any other color that is thrown out there as a, you know, pejorative towards, you know, an, an ethnic race or ethnic group. If they were named after them that way, we wouldn't go for that. Right? If, if, if or, you know, there was a, I mean, just, we just wouldn't. And look, you got to make the connection that Redskins is as much of a slur as nigger is, okay? And just because it's, you know, towards people who maybe you don't see in your life or... People who don't, who just don't have a lot of political visibility, don't have just the, you know, visibility in their activism, right? I mean, it doesn't mean it is not. I mean, basically, there's a slur against people who are largely out, are not in the public eye. They're not up in our faces every day. So, and so because they haven't been, because they've been out of sight, out of mind for decades, you know, a lot of us just did not take it as being a slur. But it is. So, you need to rethink things. If you really think it's not offensive, you I mean, you need to rethink that, okay? It's offensive to people who are not around you every day. But it's still offensive. And we can still move on. Okay, I mean... Changing the name... Does not eliminate, you know, the memories. Alright, I grew up with John Riggins and the Hogs and Art Monk and you know, Gary Clark and Dexter Manley. Daryl Green, Joe Gibbs, Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, you know, Ernest Biner, Jim Lachey, Joe Jacoby, you know, Russ Grimm, Champ Bailey, Sean Taylor, Clinton Portis, Robert Griffin III, Deshaun Jackson. Tress Way. <laughs> Pretty sad when you got to name the punter, but that's kind of where things are nowadays. But I mean, you know, Stephen Davis, Chris Samuels, John Jansen, Monty Coleman. You know, I can, just keep, I, I can keep running through all the names. Okay, Brian Mitchell, Doc Walker, right? All these guys, I remember, right? Changing the name does not erase them. Joe Bugle, rest in peace, just passed away. Right? Or even just, even the, the, the sad and silly memories, like Steve Spurrier, right? <laughs> I mean, that whole experience. Or, you know, Jim Zorn with... Uh, 
you know, swing gate, right? I mean, you know, changing the name doesn't get rid of all of that stuff. It doesn't get rid of, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The days gone by. And it's, you know, it's okay. We got video, right? You know, we don't have to act like Everything's getting memory wiped because we're going to change the name. All right, we're going to be okay. We really are. So just, 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 you know, my fellow Washington fans, just, you know, turn down temperature a little bit if you're fighting it. All right, and just, it's going to be okay. And personally, you know, I'd rather them rip the band-aid off and just do it now before this whatever kind of season we have in 2020 starts. I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm going to buy the new merchandise just like you if you're a fan, right? I mean, it's okay. And, you know, they'll, they'll still have retro jerseys because, you know, the old jerseys don't have the name Redskins written on them. So they can still sell the old jerseys with 44 or 28 or 81 or whatever. Okay. You can, you'll still be able to get the old baseball hats with the R on them, right? It's just that, you know, stuff that has red skins written on it won't be available. And that's fine. It really is. And with that, I think it is. Speaking of moving on, I think it is time to move on from this topic. And we'll be back after the music. Yeah, baby. Word up. Two for five. Some niggas got garbage down the way. Word up. Cash in. Everything around me. Cream. Yeah. Check this old fly shit out. Word up. Cash take you on the natural joint. Queen, get the here money. We, here we Dollar go. Dollar Check bill, this. Yeah. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. At second hands, moms bounced on old man. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young dude, you're rocking the go to. Low goose, only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking moves at 16. And running up in gates and doing hits by high stakes. Making my way on fire skates. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the door off. Sticking up white boys on ballboards. My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick ass click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas. Rolling in MPVs. Every week we make 40 G's. Yo, nigga, respect my. A nigga to tech knocks. Chabow. Move from the gate now. Cash Alright, we're back. And uh, the well the good sports news of the week. You know, uh, top story gotta be Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of Kansas City Chiefs. He signed a new contract 
that could be as much as $500 million when all is said and done. That's a staggering amount of money and easily the biggest contract in NFL history. Now, the way that you know NFL contracts go, he's not going to get the $503 million over 10 years. They're going to, you know, tear it up and renegotiate probably after three or four years because, you know, like the yearly salary gets so high after the first couple of years that it's, you know, almost impossible to keep paying him and actually get him some people to play with and pay them also. So, look, NFL contracts are kind of like monopoly money, at least. They're like 75% monopoly money. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's, there's an amount that's guaranteed, you know, signing bonus and some other things. That's guaranteed. In his case, he has an injury guarantee that's over $100 million. So, and from what I understand, you know, when you add up all the guaranteed stuff, it's still going to be like two, three hundred million. So the actual, you know, real value of the contract is not five hundred three million dollars. It's probably more like three, three fifty, which of course is nothing to be upset about. But it's just, you know, you gotta understand that when you start seeing these NFL contract numbers thrown around. So he's but he's definitely not gonna play out the ten year contract as is. You know, like I said, to play out probably two or three years of it, then they will, you know, tear it up and they will renegotiate and maybe extend it and just stretch the money out and all other kind of stuff. And they'll do that, like I said, they'll do that so they can sign some more people. But Patrick, Patrick is just going to be doing all right for himself. He, you look, we won't be needing to pass the collection for old Patrick Mahomes there anytime soon. So congratulations, man! Like you won the Super Bowl, you earned your money. And look, if you're hearing those numbers and you're thinking, how could somebody get paid that much money to play football? Just remember. Somebody can afford to pay him $500 million. So how much money do they have? That's what you got to remember. And you also need to remember that when you want to start, you know, screaming poor mouth next time, whenever that comes. All right. Um, the owners of the Kansas City Chiefs have enough money to pay Patrick Mahomes $503 million over the next 10 years. If they didn't have it, they wouldn't have agreed to it. So you as a fan don't need to worry about that. If you're wondering, well, how do they have all the money? Well, they have all the money because, you know, they get paid almost, each team gets paid almost a billion dollars in TV money every year, 
which is why the NFL is, by hell or high water, going to have some kind of season this year because they are going to get on TV so they can get the TV money. But each team gets almost a billion dollars every year for TV. Just remember that. Okay, they, they, they make almost twice Mahomes' entire contract in one year just from TV. So the Kansas City Chiefs will be fine. They really will. And we know Patrick's going to be fine. Now, you know, there's going to be a kind of a ripple effect. There are other quarterbacks out there whose contracts are either going to be up soon. You know, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. No, I think he signed for the franchise thing, but he'll be back up next year. So, you know, this will be kind of the benchmark. You know, Lamar Jackson will be up in a few years. You know, if he continues on the same trajectory he's been on, he'll be looking at a big deal. So, I mean, do I think anyone's going to get more than Mahomes in a year or two? Probably not, but there are going to be some guys who maybe would have only gotten a hundred who are going to get two or three hundred now. You know, uh, so you know he, he's bringing everybody's price tag up, which is good because considering the risk that these guys take when they step on the field. I mean, they deserve to get paid a lot. And considering that now they're stepping on the field during a pandemic, which is an extra, a whole extra amount of risk, which, you know, just, you know, six months ago, nobody was anticipating. You know, five months ago, you know, none of them were in, or the owners were anticipating that. So, yeah, get your money, Patrick. Get your money, everybody. Like, look, you should never begrudge performers or athlete, professional athletes from getting their money. Because, remember, they can only get paid what the owners and the management can afford to pay them. One. And then two, whatever they don't get goes to the owners. It doesn't go to charity. Right? I mean, if, if you know, if he only got you know, 200 million over 10 years instead of 500 million over 10 years, that extra 3 million is not going to charity. It's not going to, you know, you know, to underfunded schools or something, right? It, it's just going to the owner's pocket. That's where it's going. It's a, it's a zero-sum game. What doesn't go to the players goes to the owner's. Yeah, there's no other place it's going unless either the player or the owner, you know, chooses to make a donation of their own after the fact. But that's it. So just remember that. Now you do some guys, you know, get paid more than the market says. Well, do some guys end up getting paid more? 
than their value to the team? Well, yeah. But that's because of the market. And, you know, we're for free market every other time. We should be for free market for labor as well. Um, as long as look, as long as people can afford to pay you, then people should get paid whatever the market dictates they can get paid, and that's for sports, for entertainment, um, school teachers, firefighters, you know, you name it, right? We shouldn't be putting salary caps on folks, all right? The only salary cap should be the the ability or the yeah the ability of the owners to pay should be the only salary cap on people in any profession so congratulations patrick you know if you got you know a million dollars or so that you know you're looking for something to do with hey hey you know like hey <laughs> this here operation does not run for free <laughs> and, I could, and we will gladly take any contributions and i think this is as good as time as any to move on to the next thing before i get a little too silly here all right so uh back to the music and then we'll keep the show going Here we go. Come on. Rugged rhymesters, cooking crimesters, knob droppers, 25 lifers, backstabbers, low blowers, illegal cocaine growers, starvation, profanity, anxiety, brothers trying me, gunslingers. Dead ringers. Yo, my slang's out of this world. Mixed collaboration, man. Little man and his girl. Where your life got me thinking. Plus, I'm analyzing young youths on roots. You know, three time felony roots roll together. Tropical trees, but whatever. Yo, we could go run up on kids with levers. What drug? Faculties, bubble keys, with cheese. Cream flow like seven seas. Hit chicks, Guyanese. Word up. Hold your head before you fall out. The morale, the devil want that. Let's get my niggas locked all out. Change for better. That be my only vendetta with life. Feed your seed. Right, he's breathing it deep, right? Chef, remarkable, sparkable, raps, and jackable cats. Never get jacked. See it, then move, black paradise. Swipe, blush with much ice. Getting nice, laying back, speak on my life. Word up. Crack patients, dive smokers, vow carriers, mocha tokers, burnt buildings, brothers building, save the children, investigative reports. Calling all calls, calling all calls, ghetto psychos, often dangerous, leaving mass scars on those who were found bound, gagged, and shot when they blast the spot. Victims took off like astronauts. Get with this, even your best can't come on down. You're the next contestant. Get your pockets dug from all your chemical bankings. Caught them at the red light or putting them avenue in front. Franklin. They used to heat up the cypher with a shot that was hyper than your average JFK sniper. He just came home to Sparfit, rolling like Kaufman, and lay that ass out like carpet. Stop the stuttering, boy, take the planks for the 5-0, then praise the guard, bow. They release shots and premeditate to grab, and then they jet back to the lab. All right, continuing on the sports news, uh, from the good news to the bad news. That's uh, the Ivy League 
has decided that sports this fall ain't happening. They just said, nope, not really. Doesn't make any sense. We're not doing it. Which honestly makes the most sense out of everyone who is trying to do stuff right now. I mean, seriously, it, 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 I mean, you can't, you can't argue with their thinking here. I mean, ultimately, that is the way to go. And everyone else who is trying something different is really just, you know, playing Russian roulette and hoping that they don't get the bullet. And look, I give them all the credit here because look, um, again, you know, I've said this repeatedly, you know, where I draw the line as far as these openings and reopenings or these trying to have sports and whatnot is where I draw the line is college sports because those, you know, guys and gals are not getting paid. So no, they're not making a business decision. They're taking a risk for free. And that's it. And there's really no reason for them to be out there taking that risk. They're not getting anything out of it for, for the risk that they're taking. We added a risk that they're taking, the risk beyond injury, which is always there. They're not really, I mean... If they play, they're going out there to make, you know, TV money for colleges and, and, and to help, you know, coaches hit certain incentives in their contracts. You know, they're going out there basically to help everyone but themselves. You know, and look, the people who don't – the the people who already have an NFL or NBA future lined up, really, if they wanted, they could just say, I'm not playing this season. Right? They're not going to lose anything. Trevor Lawrence can just say, I'm not playing. You know, see you guys at the combine. So he, I mean, but the other kind of rank and file kind of guys, I mean, they're taking an added risk of catching COVID-19 for the hope that by playing this season, they will improve their draft prospects. Now, when you consider just how few players actually get drafted, that's a gamble they should not be taking. Because some of these guys, their second string today they're going to be second string by the end of December. Except they might have a nice, well, not nice, but they and they might have gotten COVID-19 to boot. So they should really think um, seriously. They should seriously 
not be playing. And if there's any type of organized, you know, labor situation amongst college athletes, they would be, you know, going on strike. And that's what they should be doing because, again, they're not getting anything here. You know, NBA guys, NFL guys, you know, they're getting paid. They're making a business decision as adults. And we can, you know, I can respect their decision one way or the other. I can respect their decision to play. I can respect their decision to not play. But that's not the case with college athletes. They're not getting any money. At least nothing, you know, official. And there's a power dynamic between college players and college coaches where, you know, there's some folks who don't want to play right now who are showing up because of the power dynamic, because they feel that they don't have any choice. And to me, that all adds up to a bad situation. So for me, I mean, the Ivy League got it right. They're just saying, you know what, we're not playing. Now, fortunately, some of these schools cannot afford to forego sports. They need the TV money. I mean, that's real. But that's a societal problem. I mean, when you consider how serious this thing is, we should be, you know, we should be giving as many people as possible or anybody who has a job that does not provide an essential service, you know, first responders, food, hospitals, you know, that kind of stuff. Anybody who does not have that, who does not have an essential service as, as their job and who cannot work from home we should be paying them to stay home until this is over okay the guy you know or at the very least you know we should pay them enough so that you know, whatever, you know, the people can scale back operations, can scale the back. Like, for example, like, you know, you know, like, I don't like, you know, Best Buy, right? Do I need, you know, the Best Buy need to be open right now for customers to come in there and walk around and look at 10 different washing machines and 10 different TVs and then pick one? Like, do they, do they really need to be open? Is that an essential service right now? No. Um, now, are there you know are there conditions in which they can still operate? Yeah, but you know the conditions in which they can still operate are not going to you know make them the kind of money they're used to making. So we, as a society, should be simply providing them, you know what they need to stay afloat. And I mean, that's every, like, you know, I, yeah, I, I buy comic books, right? I don't, and comic books are not an essential service. 
Now they're they're running under a kind of reduced capacity. You know, they'll mail your stuff to you or you know, the one I you know where I am. You know, they only let a few people in the store at a time and you gotta be wearing a mask. Right? I mean if they can if they can if they can run that way without anybody getting sick, then that's fine. But some of these places, like these indoor restaurants, which really do need people, you know, to make the money they need to be making, they need the place filled with two, three hundred people. And that's just not doable right now. At least not healthy. So we should just be giving them the money to, you know, so that they can make what they need to make. You know, minus, you know, whatever they managed to pull in with, you know, scaled down operations. As far as these, you know, colleges go. All right, well. What do you need? To, you know, how much do y'all need to stay in business? If, you know, without sports. Yeah, we should. Um, I mean, you know, they have online classes, students. I mean, but, you know, whatever they're missing as far as income after. You know, online classes, then, you know, we should just be able to give it to them. So they don't have to lay people off and all of that. But because we don't do that, we're putting everybody in these positions where they got to choose to either open back up under some really unsafe conditions or possibly go under. You know, the Ivy League, you know, they, they got these super huge endowments and whatnot, so they can go without a football season or a basketball season or whatever. They can do that and just, you know, come back next year. Everybody can't. And we as a society should be doing something about that. But anyhow, to wrap this up, Ivy League's not playing any sports, and the only thing question now is, is this a you know tell for power five conferences and all of that, or are they going to just power through? <laughs> we'll see. And that's all there is really to say about it right now. So time to move on. Be back in a minute. Like smoking Joe Frazier, the hell weighs up, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all uh, tick-tock and keep ticking. Well, I get you flipping off the shit I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, co-ed, danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart. The vandal, too hot to handle your battle. You're saying goodbye like Devin Campbell. Rock neck, Inspector Dex on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild. Sit back, relax. Won't smile. 
great, got it going on, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'ma get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb. Shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip, go flip on the next man. Cause I'll grab the clip and hit you with 16 shots and more I got. Going to war with the melting pot. It's the method man for short, Mr. Left. Move it on your left. Ah. And set it off. Get it off. Let it off like a gat. I wanna break food. Cock me back. Small change. They putting shame in the game. I take game and blow that nigga out the frame. And like fame, my fella live forever. Niggas crossing over, but they don't know no better. But I do. True, can I get a suit? Enough respect due to the one six ooh. I mean, oh, yo, check out the phone like the Hudson or PCP. When I'm dusting, niggas off because I'm hot like. Source. The smoke from the lyrical butt make me uh, Oh, what crap, my nut gets screwed Ah, here comes my Shaolin style To be able be why you To my crew with the Yeah, yeah, yeah Come on, baby, baby, come on Baby, come on, baby, baby, come on Alright, moving right along I'm gonna keep going with sports here And because this is the 10th anniversary of the decision which is, in case you've forgotten or you don't follow basketball, when LeBron James decided to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and, as he said, take his talent to South Beach. And he was he took a lot of heat for that as he went to the Miami Heat. <laughs> but um, people were mad that he left Cleveland, you know, because of his hometown, all that stuff. People were mad that he made a TV special out of deciding where he was going to go. People were mad that he, you know, chose to team up with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and form a quote-unquote super team. You know, because, you know, you're not supposed to do that kind of thing. You're not supposed to call up your buddies and who are also you know, all pro players and decide amongst yourselves to go play in the same city. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wait for the, the general manager of the team you play for to either draft or trade for or sign, you know, all pro level players to come play with you. Right? You're not supposed to do it yourself. You're supposed to wait for somebody else to get those people to play with you and then hope for the best. And he and Wade and Bosch chose not to do that. They chose not to wait around for the front office people to get guys to play with them so they could win some championships. They made the decision themselves to go in together. And there, to this day, there are people who do not like that because, I don't know, for some reason, it doesn't have the same merit if you as a player decide to take matters into your own hands, it, it doesn't have the same merit as if you wait for some, you know, guy in a suit somewhere to fi figure out some, you know, magic way to get people to your city to play with you. And when you consider that, one, that he played in Cleveland, which is not a hotbed for free agents, to come sign and 
and as long as he was there, they were never going to have a high enough draft pick to get somebody like, say, Kyrie Irving, who was there when he came back. <laughs> he was looking at a, you know, a career of being the best player in the league but never having a team around him that could get out of the second round or the conference finals. And he was going to take the blame for all of that. And his career was going to be judged harshly because he would have been, you know, the second coming of Elgin Baylor, who retired with no rings, got to the finals like 10 times and no rings. And you better believe Elgin Baylor, a big reason Elgin Baylor does not get the props that he deserves today is because he retired with no rings. I mean, Elgin Baylor scored damn near 30 points a game in a season where he was on active duty in the military. I mean, he was literally serving during the week and like playing on weekends. And he was still putting up like almost 30 a game. All right, I mean, a man who did that, and now, you know, we call, we classify him as, you know, an underachiever or almost a loser because he didn't win any rings. And, you know, the, and the, you know, the ring talk has gotten only worse, you know, since Michael Jordan retired because, you know, for a long time, that was the final obstacle for him. And then he finally, and then he went out and he got six of them. And in the process, denied a bunch of other people who in any other era would have gotten at least one. And all those guys, Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Charles Barkley, you know, those guys are all looked upon more harshly because they didn't get one ring. And, Le and that's the career that LeBron was looking at having. A guy who, you know, his talent and physical ability puts him in the conversation, the greatest player of all time. But had he gone 15 years with no rings? You know, yeah, it would have adversely affected the way he was judged. So he went out and he did what he had to do to make sure he got him some rings. And because he went out and did it himself and didn't wait for the front office to, again, to get lucky, you know, there are people who frown upon him. And I don't. He did what he needed to do. And more people should do that in their own careers. You know, when you achieving whatever it is you set out to do, if it's in the hands of someone who you don't trust to put you in position to reach your goals, then you need to take matters into your own hands, which is what he did. And it worked. You know, another reason for me to, I guess, for me to bring this up now is that now uh, there's a young man, college basketball player named McCoor Maker. I hope I pronounced that right. I could be wrong. But he is one of the top, you know, recruits or high school players in the country. And 
he chose to go play at Howard University. You know, whenever we whenever we get around to having college basketball again. And like I mean, he could have gone, you know, to any of like the, you know, big kind of legacy programs or whatever, you know, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, whatever. He could have gone to any of those places. And he chose to go to Howard because that's where he wants to go. And he wanted to go to a historically black college and play there. And now, thankfully, he is not being ridiculed for that. You know, Tom will tell if it was the right decision or not. I think, I mean, I think it, I don't think it'll be a bad choice. I mean, I mean, at worst, it, I mean, I don't know, I mean, there's no real worst case scenario. I mean, he'll be the best player on the team by far. And, you know, he should put up some big numbers and he should have some big performances. So I think he should be fine. You know, the only, I mean, the only way it can go bad for him is if he goes there and he stinks. Because he's going into a situation where he absolutely should stand out. So if that doesn't happen, if he goes there and he's just a guy, then yeah, it's, then yeah, it'll look like a bad move. But, you know, the bigger story out of this is whether or not anyone will follow in his footsteps. And choose a historically black college or university over you know a lack for a better term predominantly white college because well I mean the advantage of going to like Duke or North Carolina is that they are a you know they're a storied program they have all the connections all the contacts and if you go there and you're just okay as a player you know, then, you know, because of, again, connections and contacts and what have you, you still might be able to get a, get a job playing basketball somewhere or get into coaching or something, right? I mean, that's the real advantage of going there, not if you're one of the great players. Because look, if you're if you're a great college player, it doesn't matter where you play. Okay, the NBA scouts will find you. The the TV folks will find a way to get your games on television. Remember, um, Steve McNair was a quarterback at Alcorn State, and he was a Heisman Trophy finalist, and he was one of the best players in the country, playing football at Alcorn State, and ESPN found ways to get them on TV because they knew people wanted to see him. If this kid ends up being that good at Howard University, you better believe that those games are going to be on ESPN or FS1 or whatever. Okay, the advantage to going to a big-name school is not if you are great. The advantage is if you are not great. And, you know, there are people there who can basically finagle you, help you finagle your way into a job in, in basketball somewhere, maybe even playing, <laughs> right? That's, that's the advantage of going to one of those places. But if he's as good as his high school ranking, that won't matter. 
and you know, if Howard does really well while he's there and they get on TV and you know they'll sell more tickets maybe play a few games in bigger arenas once we have fans back in the game Howard will make some more money you know a lot of the, a lot of the historically black colleges and universities are really struggling right now you know several of them some of them just aren't going to survive the uh all of this they need whatever money they can get and you know a lot of them do get donations from famous people and whatnot but they could always use a boost like this you know having someone who is a top prospect come there and play which will in turn generate interest in them and will get them some more money so I mean it's a win-win all around right I mean, he'll be fine and Howard will benefit from it. So yeah, I mean there are other schools that could that could use that, and we'll see. Uh, I mean it's it's some power in the hands of players, and if you know for a college player, whether you're football or basketball, the most power you have is when you are deciding what school to go play for. That is when you have maximum leverage and more guys should use it because once you get there then you know unless you're you know once you get there then you know, the coach has the power and you know that's not always bad but sometimes it is so look, whether, you know, I'm for athletes in particular, but everybody who's working somewhere, use the power that you have, make the best decisions for yourself, take your careers into your own hands, and do not leave them up to people who, you know, <laughs> don't leave your career prospects up to somebody else when you, okay, as much as possible, take them into your own hands. So I wish you all the best, Mr. Maker. I hope you do well. And let's get Howard on TV, man. All right, we're almost done. Got maybe one more segment in me for you guys this week. So after the muses, after some more Wu-Tang Clan, we will do that. Come on, give him the shot. Clan in the front. Let your feet stomp. Niggas on the left, racks at the tip. Bloods on the right, wild for the night. Punks in the back, come on in the track too. The who is coming through, the outcome is critical. Fucking with my style, sorta like a miracle. On 34th Street, in the square of Herald, I gained Ella. The bitch caught a fits like Gerald, Dean Ferraro. Who's full of sorrow, cause the hoe didn't win. But the sun will still come out tomorrow and shine, shine, shine like Bow Nine. Here comes the drunk monk with a quarter Valentine. Past the bone. Get past the bone. Let's get on this mission like Indiana Jones. The Jizza, one who just represent the Wu-Tang click with the game and soul of an old school flick like the Mac and Dolomite who both did this. Claudine went to Coolia and had mad kids, so stop. The life you say may be your motherfucking own. I'll hang your ass with this microphone. 
Make way for the emergency traffic. Whoop tanks coming through with full metal jackets. God squad, that's mad hard to serve. Confronting hard, the burn hard gets what he deserves. Playing in the front, let your feet stomp. Fingers on the left, racks to death. Boots on the right, wow for the night. Boots in the back, come on in the track to whoop. Alright, so uh, before we get out of here, time for the newest addition to the show here, and that is, what are you doing? And for those of y'all who missed last week, it's about basically, what am I doing? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, leisure kind of stuff, you know. Movies, TV, comic books, video games, you know, wrestling, whatever, right? Whatever I'm, whatever I might have gotten into to entertain myself or not spend time thinking about the really bad stuff or whatever, right? Uh, so last week was the first week I did it, and I'm trotting it back out this week because I figure that it'd be good to have at least something every week that won't be like super serious and me pontificating about this that or the other right i mean i try not to do the whole show about that every week but some weeks that's how it shakes out so because of that i figured it'd be good to have at least one thing you can <laughs> listen to as part of the show that wouldn't be bad news no matter right so this week, this week, this week, this week, I, well, last week I was on volume two of uh, reading about uh, Justice Society of America. I finished volume two, and I was going to start volume three, but then I, when I went to look and see about ordering, you know, volume four or five, you know, going forward, wasn't a whole lot available there, and... Volume 4, which I found on Amazon, is marked up pretty high right now. And I think that's probably because the JSA is being featured a lot on, you know, Stargirl right now. So that always kind of raises the price a little bit when you get, you know, people being put on TV for like the first time or, you know. So I'm going to wait a little bit to order volume four. You know, I held off reading volume three, but I'm thinking I might just go ahead and jump into it and not wait to read it. And then, you know, I'll get to volume four when, it, when it's around. So other than that, that's mostly it for the reading. I have a big stack of 20 comic books I picked up last week. I need to start digging into that have been sitting there for a couple of months. Thanks. COVID-19. So I will start getting into those. Maybe I'll give you a little update next week on how that's going. And uh, other than that, other than that, other than that, let's see. Oh yes, I watched a couple of movies. I watched uh, Hancock, which is from 2008, starring Will Smith. I had the DVD sitting on my shelf here, and I just had never opened it and watched it. So, you know, thanks to having all this extra time around, I finally did. And actually, I wrote a review on my website, robsagenius.com. 
Uh, if you want to read it, you can go do that there, but I will give you a short version here. And that is basically, it was one third of a good movie. <laughs> like, you know, the first act was, I thought, good. And it was promising a different kind of superhero story, right? And because, you know, uh, Will Smith played the character Hancock and he's, you know, he's not happy and noble like, you know, Captain America or Superman or whatever. But he's not, you know, like totally corrupt or whatever, like, you know, Homelander from The Boys, right? He's kind of in the middle. Basically, I mean, he's, you know, he does the good deeds and all, but he's miserable doing it. You know, so the first act of the film, you know, was... I thought it was good and it was, you know, it had some promise on that front. It made me a different kind of superhero movie. And then it just, man, stuff just went really just kind of off the rails and just kind of weird for the rest of it. You know, and then, uh, oh, I also starred Jason Bateman and Charlize Theron. And Jason Bateman is like a PR guy who was trying to get Hancock to improve his image. Charlie's Theron was his wife and basically what was being hinted throughout the whole movie was that she and Hancock had some kind of relationship that would ultimately be revealed. And, you know, there was just kind of, you know, hints of tension and kind of, you know, I guess kind of sexual kind of tension between them. Or just kind of, you know, vibes. Like, you knew something was going on there between them. You know, and then, so, of course, later on in the movie, we get the big reveal behind all of that. And that just kind of, I don't know, went over like a lead balloon with me. It just, uh, yeah, this, I didn't like the way, I don't like, I didn't like the way everything shook out and got resolved. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a particularly great movie. You know, I don't, I'm not, you know, it wasn't a waste of time watching it. It wasn't that bad. And look, if you, I mean, if you, if you've been really itching to see it, then go ahead, right? And check it out for yourself. But let me tell you, I watched it once. I will probably never watch it again. I have absolutely no interest in interest in seeing it again. Okay, I mean, there are plenty of better movies starring Will Smith. There are better movies with Charlize Theron. Um, better movies with Jason Bateman, right? I mean, there are better movies with all of them that you can go watch instead of this. And that's what I would recommend you do. But again, like I said, if, you know, if your curiosity is that high, then, you know, it's, it's, you know, worth just seeing for yourself once. But I would just, you know, again, I'm in no hurry to see it again. There, there, was, there was nothing there in there that makes me want to come back and, you know, watch it another time or even see a sequel or anything for that matter. And then I also watched... Men in Black International. And that was starring uh, Chris Hemsworth and 
Tessa Thompson, so Thor and Valkyrie back together again, um, <laughs> except you know playing different roles. And again, it was it was okay, right? I mean, I'll, I'll, Liam Neeson was also in it, and just the premise was that. Uh, Tessa Thompson, as as a girl, her parents had, you know, witnessed some alien activity, and they got hit with the neuralizer, you know, that the men in black have, but they didn't get her. So, you know, she grew up remembering all of this stuff, and then, you know, which, of course, led her to become curious about all of it, and then, you know, she basically finds the men in black and you know gets in the organization and as I guess you could say a trainee and she ends up you know riding along with Hemsworth who's in his age's name is Agent H yeah I know right really original there huh but uh you know they go about looking for Evil aliens doing evil stuff. I won't spoil it all for you. Um, it was okay. Again, it was. I'd say it was better than Hancock. Uh, Hancock, I would say, was a below average overall. Um, whereas Men in Black International, I'd say it was okay. Like you know, I mean Hemsworth and Thompson, they're both you know likable people. You know that have in movies. So it's, you know, perfectly pleasant, you know, rolling along with them. Um, I did kind of lose track of just what the mission was. I mean, and, you know, they, it got explained later, but it just wasn't very, it was, you know, it was pleasant. It wasn't very gripping, right? Like there was, there was nothing going on that really jumped out and grabbed me and held my attention the whole time. So, but, you know, like it's a perfectly watchable movie. It's okay. You know, if you got, you know, if you got, it's on like stars or something now, so if you want a, again, if you have stars and you know, it's on, by all means, check it out. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily pay extra money for it, like on demand, or you know, I wouldn't buy a DVD or anything. But, like I said, it's okay. Don't yeah, drink yeah. Champion gear that I rock, you get your boots knocked. Then attack you like a pit, then lock shit down. Cause I come and freaks the sound, hardcore. But giving you more and more, like ding. Not sure to get you open like six packs. Kill a beast exact, flipping what? Murder one fat tracks, alright? I kick it like a knife flight. Work like I get that ass raw, going spike. Check the method from bedrock. Cause I rock your head to bed. Just like rocking what? Twin clock. Shake the ground while my beats just break it down. Raw sound, going to war right now So your vomit, we usually take on niggas' garments Save your breath before I vomit I be that insane nigga from the psycho ward I'm on the trigger, plus I got the Wu-Tang swords So how you figure, that you can even fuck with mine Hey, your rinse up, hit me with 
that shit one time and pull the plow. Make a shade of beef for the cow. I'm milking this hoe, this is my show to cow. The fuck you wanna do? All this bike beef do. I'm like a sniper, hyper off the ginseng root. BLO stab, who the monks with the ass? And who's the fucking man that the cow? Yeah. Alright, that's it for this week. Um, next week, I'll let you know how I like Hustlers. We got some NBA kind of news that's starting to bubble up. And by this time next week, it we'll, we'll have some you know full-fledged stories to dig into. Same with college football. There's some kind of rumors or speculation in the works right now about things. And a week from now, they'll be probably be fleshed out some more. So we will get to that. And, you know, maybe I'll talk a little wrestling. It's been a couple weeks there. And, well, all of this stuff is tied into our good friend COVID-19 who does not want to leave and who we insist on sticking around also. So, yeah, probably say a little something about that, too. And whatever else comes along the way. So between now and then, please be safe out there. Uh, Fourth of July is over, so hopefully the fireworks are not still being shot off in your neighborhood. You know, it took till about July 6th for them to finally be done here. So hopefully they're done on your end now, too. But otherwise, if you don't have to go anywhere, don't. All right? And I'll keep saying this. I don't care what your governor or mayor or whoever tells you about, oh, we're open for business, yeah. All right? It ain't. <laughs> it still ain't that safe out there. So... Whatever your safety routine was, I recommend you stick to it. Because that's what I'm going to be doing. So, as much as you can, stay home. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. And take care of each other out here. So, God bless you guys. Love you guys. And God willing, I will talk to you next week. Where are we at?